Welcome to All of You with Madeleine Munro, a space where we explore vulnerable conversations and topics centered around a trauma-informed approach to healing and growth, where we welcome all that we are exactly as we are. Hi, loved ones. Welcome to episode eight of the All of You podcast with me, Madeleine Munro. It's so lovely to speak to you this week. Wow, what a couple of weeks it has been. It has been huge for me with the Scorpio season and eclipse season. I've been really called to do some deep shadow work and look at parts of myself that I perhaps didn't want to look at or felt really hard. And yeah, it's been really empowering and beautiful and sometimes painful. And I'm always brought back to this place of feeling grateful for the challenges. And I feel that although the joy, the bliss and the excitement can feel amazing, I feel often we know who we are and our strength and our courage courage and our tenacity comes through these more challenging times. So for anyone that is experiencing this right now, I'm sending you so much love and I just can't wait to hear how you move through it and and see and hear who you are on the other side. And this week I have two of my really good friends, Amanda and Neil Byrne from Ireland. And these two people have been a really beautiful part of my journey and they've helped me through some of some really challenging times in life I met them in Bali over a year ago and we became really close and they they feel like like family to me and so I'm really excited to share this episode with you I really love spending time with them as a couple which can often feel rare I don't know if you've had it, but sometimes maybe with couples, you're closer to one or the other, or sometimes it can be awkward with one of them, or you might not know. Whereas Amanda and Neil, I just, I want to be the third wheel. I want, I want to hang out with them all the time. They're so fun. And when stuff comes up, I learn so much about how they move through stuff. And I love how they're individuals and they can be individual friends and they can have their identity as a couple as well. So I'm excited to share their really beautiful love and growth and wisdom with you and what's possible when we choose to make the commitment, when we choose to do the work in the relationship and actually how possible it is that we can meet a certain versions of ourselves and we get to grow and heal and rise in love together in conscious partnership. So let me know how it all lands with you and I can't wait to hear from you. Hi, Mand and Neil. I am so grateful to have you on today because you're two of my closest friends and I feel so honored that I get to experience your conscious, healthy, inspiring love so often. So it feels like such a joy and pleasure to have this conversation and share this really beautiful, healthy model of love with my audience. So thank you so much for coming on today. Mm, thanks for having us, Mads. Yeah, we're both very excited to come mm, on. Yeah, it feels really significant as well, the timing. Although I noticed with that introduction, I was like, God, I have to be in a perfect relationship and talk about that. <laughs> it's like it, the way you're speaking about it, it's like, I'm pretty imperfect, but yeah, thank you, thank you for that. And how does it feel if I say that I don't feel like any relationship's perfect, but what I see in you and what I appreciate about you as my friend is that 
you keep choosing to do the work or the healing when it doesn't feel perfect. Mm. <laughs> You're looking over at me. Well, because just because you you picked up that it was like this perfect relationship, <laughs> that is not what I heard. <laughs> Pretty perfect. <laughs> I think it's perfect in the imperfectness, and like like Matt said, it's it's not about aiming even mm. for perfect. It's um, it's just a conscious choice of am I choosing this today or am I, am I going to work out of avoidance or default or, mm. you know, I think mean, for me, the perfectness is the fact that we go to the depths or we go into the chaos and we go into the mess. We meet each other there. We ask for what we need and we come full circle. That's <laughs> I love this reflection. And so you've been together eight years, right? Is this a hundred and is it a hundred months? How many months is that? No. Yeah, it was a hundred months on the 14th of this month. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm sure other people don't do that, but Mel's just a numbers guy and he was so excited. We were four months off. He's like, we just need to stay together four more months and then we've made it to a hundred. I was like, I don't think that's the goal, but okay. We, we have a month anniversary, so every month we go out for a day, sure, just to acknowledge our relationship. And uh, it was funny, on the hundredth month anniversary, we were like, we commit to another hundred months. I was like, well, that sounds like a big deal. I was like, well, we're very committed to each other. We're like, yeah, neither of us said yes. We're just like, yeah, the last hundred's been good. <laughs> I think, I think for me, what went like that piece was was when we were sitting there another hundred months, like another eight years of everything we've experienced in just a short eight years. Really highlighted how if we were to commit to another hundred months, like that would be mm. like huge. Like, like you'd imagine it's going to be then some on top of the last eight years and it just really I kind of thought it was ironic you know when we were getting married and we made these vows I don't think we not that we, I don't think we understood you know and um mm-hmm. we just kind of committed to them whereas committing to another eight years was a big piece to, to ponder on wasn't it <laughs> So yeah, it's a hundred months. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. This is so beautiful. And I love the romantic nature of your month anniversaries. It's so beautiful. So I, yeah, I really appreciate this reflection on commitment. And what I would do is I'd love to start from the beginning and even hear how you met so we can get a frame of how your relationship was built into this, yeah, this gorgeous flourishing, even if there's doubt around the next eight years relationship. I wouldn't even say there's doubt. I'd say we just now, the longer we're together, the more we realise what a commitment it is and what a beautiful commitment it is, but also a challenging commitment. That is just, yeah, I think we're just more aware than, let's say at the start we got on so well. So it's like, yeah, commit to 100 months, no problem. Whereas now I've gone through it. I'm like, okay, that's a big one. But yeah, it's interesting when you sent over that document and one of the questions is like, how were you when you first met and all that? And it's like, that feels like a lifetime ago. Mm. I think a lot of our core is still exactly the same and our values and that, but on the like complete other side, I feel like so much has changed and that we're so different with how we communicate, how we treat each other, how mm. we care for ourselves. And because, um, yeah, when we got together, we were, what were we, 24? We're both 24, yeah. Yeah. And I'd never really had a girlfriend at that stage. I had like a few plenty of quick encounters but nothing like 
never met a woman that I was like, oh, I'm interested in a third, fourth date. I was really starting to question myself. I was like, okay, is there something wrong with me to get to this age and to really not find someone that I gel with? And I was really starting to question myself. My mum tells me about those questions a lot. She reminds me of it. And then when I met Mandy, it was just like, oh, there was just an ease to me being myself around her. I was like, oh, this is nice. It's like, I don't have to put on this pretense that I was doing with other women that I was trying to date. Um, I was just like fully welcomed and really acknowledged when I did like, when I was a bit cheeky at the start and all that, and it was beautiful. So it was just like, there's just that ease. And a few other couples I spoke to that I, I'd really value their relationship. They're like, yeah, they just speak about that ease and just like that it's like, if there's too much resistance straight away, probably isn't the right one. And I met a lot of resistance before I met Mandy. And I was like, proud of myself looking back at it to choose to not just go, oh, all my other friends are getting in relationships. So I should just, maybe I put up with this resistance or it's normal. It's like, no, that wasn't right for me. And thankfully I chose to to hold off and wait for her. Well, that sounds so beautiful. And I love that you can recognize that, that was the quality, you know, ease. And actually often I feel that in relationships, um, that instant chemistry, that instant like buzz can be like glorified or romanticized, mm. but actually that you felt your, your nervous systems kind of co-regulated with each other actually. Mm. And you could sink into that comfort and ease together. How is it for you? <laughs> yeah, we have very different stories about how we met. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I would say when we, when we first met, I actually... I saw him in the gym with a friend of mine and I was just really attracted to him. So I was like around the girls because I knew they were heading out and I was like, we're going out. Went out, brought him home. Boom, job done. Dropped him home. Morning. And he asked for my number. And I remember this like, why? 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 I, I just, it didn't click at that time. And I think maybe you thought it was like something you had to do or ask for my number or something. I don't know. I actually don't know why I asked for it. Yeah. Because I really didn't have that much of an intention in calling you. Like, no, <laughs> like we did a great night. It's all coming out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a great night. We even went for breakfast the following morning and we were having fun. Mm, we had a lot of fun. I Sorry to put a girl, I was just like, on that. I had a friend staying over and she actually stayed upstairs and she goes to me the next day, she goes, all I could hear, and I thought she was going to say, was you having sex, was you laughing? And I thought, oh my God, what a beautiful reflection of a drunken first night poll. Like, mm-hmm. with my inability to have good sex that we were laughing about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, but, it, but it's because, so I asked Mandy's number, I don't know, I did it, but I was like, kind of when I asked for it, I was like, I did it, yeah, I just did it unconsciously. And then I went home and Elma and my sister knew who I got with because Elma used to do plays in school with Mandy and they knew each other, even though I didn't know these connections. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, you have to call her and ask her out on a date. And when I'm hungover, which I was, I was like, no interest in doing any of that, but she just made me do it. And then we met up two days later, went on a date and then we had three dates in the first week and it just like, Within three weeks, I told her I loved her, which was very edgy because I didn't have a clue if if what I was feeling was that, but it just felt very mm. intense and pure. And then we kind of pretty much moved in together and yeah. And your mom actually shares how how like three weeks in you went up and you're like, I'm gonna marry her. Mm. Anyway, mm. Something significant, I think, at the start of our relationship was on that first date, 
I think Neil spoke about having like noticing resistance in relationships and I never had that I like in old relationships I never had any resistance I found it quite easy um but I would get bored of men quite quickly um I would get the, the we now call it the ick like they would hold doors for me and I'm like oh this is so boring you know when I met Neil and we went on that first date and we went on a hike even though I didn't know we were going on a hike so I think I was wearing maybe shoes not runners I remember looking up and seeing the trail and it went for miles and I went well we're not doing the whole thing and he had like um like a straw in his hand and he goes yes we are and he slapped it on my on my bum and I remember oh oh okay this is like this this guy calls the shots and I think for the first time ever I felt that safety in in having someone willing to go against not my needs but like not just play down to whatever I want which meant that I'm not the dominant one in every aspect here that I can trust to make a decision does that you know what I mean when I say that the ease that came over my nervous system like I felt that over and over and over again with Neil and it was it was life-changing for me in a dynamic to feel that trust and safety Mm. that's beautiful yeah oh this is so powerful so I'm really holding this idea that you know, it sounds like you both came into the relationship with your own pieces. So it's like, I, I feel like sometimes people think they've got to be fully healed when they meet someone. But it sounds like, um, Neil, you weren't sure if you were going to meet someone before you met Mand. And Mand, you thought Neil was hot, but didn't even think you would ask for your number and were surprised. So you were in these places, yet when you were together, it sounds like you were calling each other to your higher selves. You know, Neil was asking more of you and you were asking more of Neil when you were together in each other's company. Mm. And it's interesting, like how that's unfolded over the last few years. I really feel like more and more every year. We are like the like I, I even don't want to say this because words don't give this enough significance to how healing this has been for. I'm going to say both of us, but correct me if I'm wrong. But that piece that Neil shared around at the start where he didn't have to put up a pretense is mm-hmm. that I, by nature, am pretty, um, I have, obviously, of course, I have an expectation and judgments, but I pretty am good at just accepting people where they're at. And that's you. Cool. You do you. And I think that for him on his nervous system, it's like, oh, I'm allowed to just be me and make mistakes and be quirky and be fun and be silly and, you know. And then the opposite for, it was like almost the opposite for me in that, like, I was used to being very independent and very perfectionist and very feeling like I've got everything sorted. And Neil actually took some of that load off, but he's like, oh no, I can do that. I've got that. Not through communicating it, but through his actions. He's like, I've organized a date. I'm going up at five. Be ready. Let's go. It was like, so it's like both of us, I feel, could take a breath. It's almost like being seen without having to show all your cards. Mm. Wow. Yeah, even when Mandy's talking about the permission, I remember like two years ago, she, because I know she is a lot wiser than me, and sometimes I, I used to like to acknowledge it in the past. Now I do because it's a weight off, because it's like, I'm just a, a simple man that will just pot around and I can create a lot of contentment for myself in that. So I, I'm actually happy with that. But like two years ago, Mandy was teaching me to say no to her even though it was against her like two years ago it was happening last week <laughs> well it's still happening it's happening in different layers in person 
<laughs> but like telling me to like, oh, if I ask for something you don't want to do, it's say no. I'm like, this is so foreign to me because like the kind of condition that you should overextend yourself and say mm-hmm. yes to all that and keep the other person happy. I was like, how would you like, like not even be neutral about it, but just go here, just say no to me, even though I want you to say yes, because it will be better for you. And I was like, that's a very wise, powerful, like place to be in, in herself to like, to create that space for me to grow, knowing that she'll probably reap the long-term benefits of it, of less bitterness, less resentment, less tension. So it's like, she, she plays the long game very well with that stuff. <laughs> Maggie. Uh, <laughs> I don't even see it coming most of the time. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's what you did about six months ago. Planning the scheme to her long-term goals. <laughs> yeah. Really acknowledging um, the power in that and, like, the self-holding of what it feels is, like, you're calling each other to break your family patterns with each other. So I see how... Man, you may see see Neil's patterns playing out. They may play or played out like people pleasing or saying yes, even if it wasn't a yes. And seeing this relationship as an opportunity to stop that and actually create different levels of intimacy and different kind of relationships with each other, where you both honor yourselves first. You can both self, you can like self soothe if it's not what you want to hear or you want something different, and you can come together in in like your own wholeness. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that's huge. Like what you said there. It's like I have an expectation and and I've had to work on this because it would be easier or surface level easier for me to hear yes. Mm-hmm. But actually it serves him, it serves us as a dynamic and it serves me in the long run when I have an expectation and I hold him to that expectation that he's going to meet his own needs first because essentially what was happening, he was saying yes when he meant no and my animal body was picking up on his animal body and then I had to then I had to deal with his resentment as a result and I'm like, I'm fucked if I'm going to deal with this shit. Okay, what needs to happen here? I need to teach him some skills that I feel like I have naturally because he does the same for me the other way around. Um but I do see it as in a long run, it meets my needs because I now have a man who's up leveled. I have a man that I can trust to another level. And even outside of our marriage, it trusts, I, I trust that like um, he can then use that skill outside. One piece that I wavered on it as a result of this was I felt like Neil would people please with other people as well. And how that came back on me was... I know where this is going. <laughs> is that okay? Continue. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, I wanted to know that he would fuck shit up if it came down to protecting me. And I didn't feel that. I felt like he'd be a baby, a bit, little bit too pleasing or too considerate of other people at the dinner table. And I was kind of like maybe going home with him. I remember one time we were going home and I'm like, I need a man who, yes, I'm married to, but I need him to know that he almost needs to work for me to go home with him every night. Mm. So that we're still in that dating space, that kind of thing. And so like putting other people's needs at the di- at the dinner table or an event above mine is not a fucking turn on for me. And it also, it 
doesn't inspire like I mean I know I can go to mama bear mode and I want to know that he can do that as well and it was like the opposite of that um so yeah I think partially by by teaching him to be like hey say no and, and, and learn to sit in that uncomfortableness and learn to work through whatever process he has when he says no to someone whether that's feeling like a bad person or feeling guilty or feeling selfish and learn to like know that demon so well that you can invite him in be like hey we're going to say no it's going to suck but we're going to be okay um that that has been like again for my nervous system now like now we come home and we celebrate times that neil has been <laughs> maybe in quotes rude or uh you know like held boundary i suppose is what i'm really saying it feels phenomenal when I do it. Yeah, it's so good. I was like testing it out first with like, say, service staff or like people in restaurants, petrol stations, stuff like that. And just like, just allow myself to just be a bit more blunt or direct or say what I want. And every time I do it, it feels great. I even had a client yesterday. I could tell he didn't really want to be there. I just kept calling him, uh, calling him out seems harsh. I was just reflecting what I was observing. And it was just so nice for both of us. Because I think mm. he was expecting to sell something on him and push stuff. I'm like, I have no, if you have no interest in being here, I have no interest in being here. So I'm not going to add any value. Um, I was, yeah, it's so nice when I do that. My body's like, that meeting would have drained the life out of me in the past. Mm-hmm. So I pushed myself and overextended and tried to caretake. Whereas like, no, if you're not showing up with like an interest in understanding what it is I do or how I can help you, then it's like, no. Okay, bye. Um, in, a, in a lovely way, but I think he found a lot of value in it. And I did. I left the meeting feeling great. It was like, oh, all my energy is conserved because I didn't leak it out to someone else that wasn't worthy of it. Um, wow. Mm. What a healing practice, you know, to really hear you embody these boundaries. And mm. so, and Neil, I would love to know more about your people pleasing journey. You know, I've heard it from man's perspective and how it's been in your relationship and now how it's been in your work. And I'd love to know, like, how, how was it at the beginning? Like, did you notice that you had people please? Did you notice about your boundaries? Like, how's the healing process unfolded for you? Mm. Yeah, I think over the last few years, I've definitely become very aware of it. And where it starts is where most stuff starts from, from like early childhood. Um, say I grew up with parents divorced when I was one, so I was kind of raised mainly by my mom. And then there was my sister as well, and she's older. And she was quite volatile and intense. Um, so I definitely think at a very young age, it's like to be accepted and acknowledged by my mom. If I'm easygoing, uh, I'll be loved. And I was really good at it. And so I was always seen as very chilled, very easygoing, very kind. So I just, I just played that role extremely well. And it like served up to a certain point until I met Mrs. Higher Power over here. And then she's like, that's not good enough programming anymore. She liked it at the start, I think. Um, And then it's like, yeah, then when enough stuff gets reflected back to me or when I notice my energy getting drained. I think I know in social settings the last few years, I really like, I'm like, why can't I be around a group of people and Mm. just like hold myself and like not feel exhausted after it or just not disconnect and it's all around that people-pleasing part. It's just like, it's just giving away all my power to make everyone feel comfortable. But in making them feel comfortable, it made me and probably them feel very disconnected from like what we could actually talk about and enjoy talking about. So, um, yeah, I think like, yeah, there's a lot more detail to it, but I think that's kind of the journey 
Yeah. Yeah, it sounds so so freeing and and liberating. And that um and that's something I love about like our friendships is that I really trust you both to say no and to like get up and leave when you need to. I think we've all been together and we're like, okay, yeah, my battery's done. I'm I'm done here. I love you. I'll see you soon. <laughs> like there's no oh, like you know, checking in. It's like, okay, let's all honor our own needs and we don't have to caretake anyone else. Yeah, Bali's a beautiful, special place for that, isn't it, though? When you get to meet people that are just open to you respecting yourself and actually mm-hmm. wanting it because then they feel respected. It's like, that's been such permission because we've been back in Ireland six, seven months now. And there's a lot of like all very old dynamics. And now I'm coming back as a different person in certain ways. And it's causing a good bit of tension and friction. But I just know it's like, but I know from like relationships like with yourself, Mads, like how easy it was. I was actually reflecting the first time we met, it was in Alex's. And I remember mm-hmm. we were just, there were six, six of us, me and yeah, you five. And we were like chatting for what felt like two hours. And then we looked at our watch, it's like 12 o'clock. It was like six full hours chatting. And it was just like such a beautiful first connection. Um, that's because we all respected ourselves and each other. And it's like, oh, I want that in every relationship, even if it's going to cause might cause a lot of tension for another year or two years here to like really bed down kind of what I want going forward with relationships but I just trust it will work out Mm, oh absolutely and I love this I feel like we learn healthy relationships through each other and then when we can feel it when it's off with other people almost like the bar becomes higher of Mm. like entrance to our lives because we know how easy and nourishing and honoring relationships can be Mm. well I'm curious because I know you give us a lot of like beautiful feedback about our relationship and you seem to value it a lot. What's like, what's the main one thing that uh, you appreciate or you notice or, and actually on the flip side, if there's something you go, oh, that's a bit shady or shadowy or they could be doing that better. I'm open to hearing that too. I'd love to see what you have because you're, you're a very educated, knowledgeable person and feels that I don't know that much about. So, yeah. Um, you're so sweet. Um, I, you you know, I do don't feel like it's my. my <laughs> I can, can feel the um, tension in this room. Yeah. Man, they just up and left the room. <laughs> this is where we say pause. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't feel like it's my place to uh, like comment on the ins and outs of your relationship at all, beyond my capacity as, as your friend. Um, and as your friends, I think I've really appreciated about you both is when edgy pieces may have come up in group settings and how you like hold it there and you move through it as a couple, you know, seeing when like perhaps one of your processes has come up and we've been in a group situation and you've both named it and talked through it while we've been there. That felt so beautiful and, and, um, and healing and courageous, um, yeah, like then in those moments, it's like, you know, for some couples, maybe something will come up, you'll feel attention and they'll probably be like, we'll talk about it at home. Like, let's just go, you know, for you, I re- I feel like um, perhaps you'll name it and you'll just resolve it right there in, in that moment. And to see couples work through conflict in such a grounded, embodied, kind way, it's really special to be a part of and to be able to witness. I'm so glad you actually mentioned that piece of math because that's something that I think a we've only learned 
um, we've only had the opportunity to do, say, say in the last while, being around you guys, where I feel like there's actually space for that. And then we've actually brought it into our into our lives here in Ireland. So, um, and you can speak to this if if I'm if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but I feel like I I'm a driver of that because I am allergic to the conversation after the conversation. So you know, like that you're in a group and then you go home, you're like, God, Matt was a bit edgy, wasn't she? And you have the whole thing, and I'm like, all we're doing is strengthening each other's negative stories or our ego or our bias. Yeah. exactly colluding yeah. uh, and now we ha- and then every time it would build and build and I think over time that's where as a couple then you might end up doing oh you know what we, we just we just won't meet up with her we'll be or we'll leave her and then and then you lose a friendship and I I think as well I learned to value in a group that yes I am in a dynamic and a relationship and my, my husband is here but I also want to be in this group as a single person as an individual and I didn't want a dynamic that was coming up between us affecting me as an individual in the group and I would mm-hmm. say name that and I think often you will get quite uncomfortable would I be right in saying that how would you have named it? Like, say, for instance, let's take uh, the most recent one, which I think was in your sister-in-law's house. And we had uh, like a um, disagreement or we didn't agree on something. And I, I wanted to get, get into it. And I'm like, OK, so let me hear what is it? What happens for you when I do this? And you named it. And I think it went like it went sharp. And um, my sister-in-law and her partner are in the um, sitting room and you came in with like, um, let's not like, it's their evening, let's not do this in front of them. And even John was like, no, like, please do. This is incredible to hear how you guys communicate. Mm-hmm. Not even for, from me, like my piece in this is like, oh, I get to be whole in front of the people closest to me. Like this is my sister-in-law who lives down the road, who, who knows it almost all my ins and outs as much as Neil does. And I don't want to have to go to my room to be mm. messy or to be angry. I want to be fully accepted in mm. the mess. That's when my nervous system just goes, mm. all of me is accepted. Mm. And all of me includes part of you. It includes our dynamic, right? And so I want to know that we can have an argument or we can be in our wounds, in our mess, in front of people that we trust. And... And trust that process, trust that it's not going to be like, God, Neil and Mandy were, they must be about to break up. They were having a fight or, oh, you know, trusting that we, we can be in this and we can process it. Just that, that trust that we can move through it, that we don't have to do it behind closed doors. And that actually has been healing hugely for me. Mm. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yes, it's just really clean when like you leave a conversation feeling closed. Because yeah. if there's stuff that comes up, I'm like, oh, let me just bitch about Mads to Mandy and the car on the way home, or let me just tell you what I feel wrong. Uh, Mads is it, getting all the arrows here. We're yeah. not talking about you much, Mads. Well, <laughs> and, and the Airbags. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> can't believe she said that. Uh, we still catch ourselves when we do that. I notice it still happens from time to time, mm. but we're definitely more mindful to just be like, what are you really trying to do here? And like, just to get curious about that, because it's it's like, oh, I see something in someone that maybe I wouldn't give myself the permission to do, and then I'll give out to Mandy about it and want her to be on my side. Where it's like, oh, it's like, uh, 
Yeah, it's nice to just catch those because there are points where I just like want to create this connection from another person that I don't really need to do. It's more mm -hmm. something in myself I need to connect in with. Um, but yeah, with what you said, like, yeah, it's it's lovely when we can address it mm. with people. But what I've found is that not too many people have the capacity to be around that. And so or, or that's my story or I don't feel safe or I don't trust mm. that it's OK to do that. Mm -hmm, and, and also I feel like but other people wouldn't do it as maybe just the people pleasing bit still in me a bit but it's like if other people wouldn't do that then I don't want to be the brave person showing this side every time because I just like mm -hmm. get a bit tired mm -hmm. of maybe having that role sometimes mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. yes, all of that oh thank you and I appreciate it each time you do reveal this part of your relationship because I feel like it normalizes like conflict like conflict is such a healthy part of relationships and I feel like it's been intensified and dramatized through culture and social media and what we see in the papers you know and actually it's it through being around couples that model healthy conflict it's simple as like oh do you feel hurt like what story are you telling right now what's your truth and how can we understand each other more and move through this because ultimately we're a team and there's a piece here that's coming between us so I appreciate each time you do. Um, and so like, like honor your, your bravery and your courage when you do open yourselves up like that. That's, that's what I yeah, really love about being around you both. Mandy had a great strategy she used a while back and she still used sometimes like, do you mind if I just tell a lot of lies about you? And <laughs> I, immediately I'm like, well, she said it's lies. So it's like, whatever she says, I'm good with. And then she like gets to say her piece, but I don't take it as personally because mm -hmm. often it actually isn't lies, but she's dressed it up that way to just mm -hmm. al allow me to give it space to come in. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, just simple stuff like that makes a difference. Or a few years ago, we said if we're having fights, to not have it on a new moon so either week of a new moon don't have it because we're up well not not a fight because obviously you can't not have a fight but not to address something significant yeah yeah, yeah. not to hold not to hold each other to our highest around a new moon it's just like fuck off this is hard enough no. and then then if we are addressing something to always speak from the eye as much as possible to not say mm -hmm. you did that wrong just say here i felt hurt i felt disrespected mm -hmm. feel neglected whatever it is and then it actually gives space for something to change. Whereas like if we just blame, if I blame her, her defense goes up, we get nowhere. And um, yeah, it's lovely that we're doing a lot less of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm hearing some really key tools that have helped you create the partnership that you have, such as like choosing the timing of when you have relationship check-ins, speaking from I statements. And also I hear like this consent piece of like, do you mind? Is this okay? before going to these places with each other mm. yeah and, and I know for me a real another key one is like communicating to Neil how important it is that I feel like he can understand my part and so mm. like that means me being really clear on what am I feeling here what is my reality naming it in a way that doesn't he doesn't have to feel like he has to get defensive about it so mm. name as a as an eye piece but also and I don't know if this is maybe more the feminine piece, but like really communicating is like, hey, I know that this not, may not make sense to you, but it's really important that I feel understood in this and the pressure that's put on me or the panic that I feel as a result or um, where my mind goes thinking of all the potential solutions. And the minute he's like, yeah, no, here, look, I, I totally get that. It's just like, whew, 
So nothing has actually changed. We haven't fixed anything, but to feel heard and, and seen is the thing I'm laughing because I actually I, I, never, ever care about the outcome. I only care about moment i was laughing at the word fix because i was trying to do some <laughs> fucking heavy fix in the first five years of this relationship uh, what was your main line you need to go to therapy or we're <laughs> breaking up that was early days and i've never gone to therapy i've never gone to therapy but i'm like she needs to go <laughs> and she did it's <laughs> ultimatum and this projection i love it like you yeah. need to know. <laughs> yeah. like i'm perfect but a lot of issues over this side <laughs> <laughs> um, beautiful so really hearing that growth in like where you come from the ownership pieces that you've both moved through and then also even the change in the dynamic you know I see a lot of um, like catch sexual couples where actually the misattunement is from that the woman feels like they need to be heard and the man tends to want to fix or do like we relate in different ways so it's beautiful to see how you've navigated this in your own relationship mm. yeah men just like a simple solution it's like, mm. it's, yeah, it takes a bit of bravery and courage to get messy for a while and not know how it's going to pan out because like we still sometimes have disagreements as like it like our relationship is so strong and there's such depth to it but we're only ever one argument away from breaking up and it's like maybe there'll be a conflict of values at some point that will just stop the relationship and we never know that but like actually admitting the fragility mm. of it allows for the beauty of it as well you know as opposed to just go no we're strong we're all together we think the same things it's like that's like that's much more of a fragile place than actually admitting mm. it's like mm. oh it's it can finish at any point and then they get to like really value what we have while we have it mm. oh how precious yeah and can i challenge you on that point around the, the argument that you shared your one argument away from a breakup yeah, I did. Yeah. That was an unusual. You don't think so? I don't know. Like if, we, if we've one big disagreement, like that's the end of it. Okay. Oh, no, um, I don't agree. Okay. So, do I have consent to challenge? Oh. Consent no. given. Approach the bench. You see. Great, you're nodding. I was like, the listeners need to know that I'm not just going. <laughs> Two women are ganging up on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because the way I'm noticing as you say that I get even a disconnect between what you're talking about, because actually my experience of you both and how you're sharing about how you move through conflict is that actually when there's disagreements, you have the tools and reflection to tune into like the way that you want to move forward. And my sense of you both is that actually if there was a big space between your values that that had arisen I don't feel that that would be a big break like that would be a break of argument I get the sense that that would be like ah oh, we've got a piece here that we're tending to and it maybe be an unwinding or an unfolding so I don't feel like you both have um the volatility in your system I feel like you've done so much work that an argument actually couldn't break you up at this point there may be some realizations around what your future holds but I get the sense that you'd be wanting to really work it out and get to the root of it before choosing different paths with each other. Hmm. I don't know. I still don't know if I agree. Um, no, I don't agree. That's, that's, right. me, that's me being direct. Because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's sometimes it's in the heat of the moment where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, this, this relationship could finish. 
And then when I cool down, I always know that like that intensity is often a younger part of me mm-hmm. that just wants to like too much discomfort, like discomfort overload. And I'm like, I just need to get out. Um, mm-hmm. Like within 24 or 48 hours, I'm like more back to myself. And I was like, that would never break me up. But in those intense moments, it feels like, yeah, this is this is a finisher. So I suppose in a moment, it yeah. feels like a relationship could finish at any argument. But like, give it a week, more than likely it won't. Um, uh, so hear you. Yeah, so feeling into this, like when we're in the conflict, because like the science behind this is that our prefrontal cortex goes offline. So our, our actual brain structures change and we can't attune to another being and our partner may feel like a threat or the relationship may feel like a threat to our livelihood. So in that moment, it's so understandable that we're like, well, for me to survive, this relationship may need to end. And in this moment, that's my truth. Mm. It's wild when you reflect on it. I was like, how did I, like, how did it get that far, that polar, like, how did it go to, we're going to break up over something? Because often it's, often it's like kind of irrelevant, like a week or two later, I wouldn't even remember what we thought about. But at the time, it'd be mm-hmm. like, it would feel so big and like mm-hmm. there was such a divide between both of us and our, our stances that, um, yeah, there's only one option in those moments. <laughs> so I've never, I've never known this. Does that where your mind goes? We could break up. It's happening a lot less. And we usually, thankfully, the intensity usually doesn't get to those spaces anymore where I need to blow. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's happening a lot less and it's not coming up to the same intensity or extent. But early days, every three months, I was like, so this is the this is the finisher. Uh, I I I just let everything build up and then I just have to, like, release some tension. I do think as well, a lot of my traits triggered you. Like a lot of my easygoingness or, and you're like, you're pretty easygoing in general, but in, in, in those wounds, if I was easygoing, you'd be extremely triggered mm-hmm. and you were very good. You were exceptionally good at communicating your needs. But at that time when I, it was more blurry because in hindsight, what you were doing is you were communicating your needs from a wound to a to us to a fixer and that was me so then I would fix it mm-hmm. so we could kind of just polish the top and polish the top and keep going with that for a while until I actually did the, did my work and then I was able to separate the blurriness. that's because I told you to go to therapy <laughs> I separated the blurriness and I was able to own yeah. what was mine and hand back what was yours mm. and it took years of me being really firm with myself to be sure that I'm going to consistently hand back what's yours, even though it would trigger you, it would set you off, you would work from all wounds, try and shove it back on top of me. I would feel like a bad person for not taking it. And so just consistent until eventually we found a safety space where you were like, okay, I can take this and it doesn't mean that I'm an awful person or it doesn't mean that you're blaming me. And then, then you could slowly start to work through your stuff. Yeah, feeling like a bad person was like the one I always wanted to avoid at all costs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I and sometimes still do. But yeah, you're you're so good at being able to hold me in that and have enough curiosity and space for me to go into those pieces because they're very tender sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciating how you hold each other through these more challenging parts of being in a relationship. And here, so it feels like we're tuning into what your like conflict languages are. So it sounds like Neil, part of yours was like flight of like, ah, this is it. I'm going to go. 
And then man, perhaps maybe was yours like fawn or fix? We're like, if I this, freeze. Yeah, well, it fixes one, then that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like fawn. So like anything that I can do to fix this, as long as the other, as long as Neil's okay, I'm okay. Yeah. And perhaps Neil's like, as long as I'm out of this, I'm okay. <laughs> as long as she changes, I'm I'm perfect. <laughs> and here we're modeling ownership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yet I do feel like you know. I feel like they served us, you know, in mm. terms of like we both we both brought our baggages and our wounds into the relationship mm. and we kind of molded into a into a dynamic. And then um I did a course mm-hmm. and in that course, like we had to read a lot of books and I did a lot of therapy and I did a lot of sessions, I did a lot of healing. And I remember this time and I was like, fuck, I've I like I think I've, I think I might outgrow him. And this is a pattern that I was so used to with all my boyfriends. I, mean, I just got so bored of them. I felt like I'd outgrown them. And um, I I just felt like, oh, has this happened again? And I actually said this to I th- Did I? Yeah, you yeah. said it to me a few times. Yeah, I said yeah. like, hey, like, yeah, you need to start doing some work on yourself, which was so edgy for me because like it was basically what Neil had been saying to me. So Neil would bring pieces to me and be like, hey you need to go to therapy you need to do this you need to fix that and I'm like oh okay I need to fix all this you know and then this is actually almost happening on the flip side I'm like hey this is my stuff and, I, and I'm still working through this but also I can see that there's this and, and reflecting that back to you and then you end up doing mm. a different course and plenty of healing and then I feel like it's kind of been ebbs and flows of mm-hmm. um of, of up leveling both separately and, yeah. and together I think that's the power of, of our partnership that like if we were both on our individual paths, we would have probably done a good bit of healing ourselves at this point. But because we have another person to create safety and also to challenge where appropriate, it's like I think at the start, I probably gave Mandy a bit of safety that she needed, that she could open up some doors and start to go down them. And then when she went down and she's like, hey. I need to pull you along and she's like requesting that I do it and then I did it and then and then it just kind of yeah, keeps going over and back because it's interesting that we're on this podcast and if there's like single people listening to it it's like they're probably much more advanced than I was when I got into this relationship but yes I have a very beautiful relationship now um yeah because like I, I didn't do any self-development really I, my mom was a psychotherapist so I was definitely used to get asking questions about my feelings so I definitely would have had some uh yeah awareness to it but didn't do anything really too structured or like with a commitment to it before I met Mandy but since then it's just all the work we've done on ourselves like it pays off in every moment in every conversation in every sexual interaction we have it's just like it's all it's like it's so so worthwhile going through that temporary discomfort Mm. Uh, yeah, just to strip away stuff that like we really don't need to be carrying anymore mm, wow so it sounds like you know the relationship has been uh, a vehicle or like a safe haven for you to both grow in this way together and individually and I would love to know um if you to answer about each other like what's the what's your favorite growth or piece that you see see in each other you know, where have you seen Mand or Neil or where have, like the other grow um, and change that in a way that you really love and it's inspired you? I'm happy to go first because Mandy looks like she's thinking, looking at her at the screen. Uh, 
I think I think a, a real recent one is th- there's loads of them, but I think a recent one that I'll speak to is Mandy really stepping up in her business and really owning it and really saying I want a very successful business over my lifetime and to have a big impact with people. And for me, that's like it's been something that I took over a role of providing for the first bit of our relationship because was just that was what was modelled to me. So I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of what happens. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, realizing it's like, oh, I'm building up a lot of bitterness and resentment because I'm taking on so much financial pressure and stress. And it's really limiting my options with what I might do now or in the future. Um, and for like for her to have the capacity for me to be able to keep communicating that and then for her to have the actual inner desire and want to be open to that challenge and to go, yeah, I really want that for myself because yeah, it's it's beautiful when she's financially independent. It's like... Mm-hmm. When she's dependent on me, we can get into dynamics that yeah causes a lot of tension for me, and I and I think for for you as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that piece her really stepping up and committing and owning it, it's just been such freedom to me. It's like oh, if I want to change careers, jobs, it's like I have the ability to do that because I'm not providing for her, um, our kids in the future. It's like so it's just yeah, it's given me that like oxygen in the relationship that. Uh, as, as a few years ago I didn't know I needed but yeah, over the last while I'm like I, I really need this and mm. I don't want to just keep disrespecting myself and uh, suppressing my needs so for her to be open and to really go for it has been yeah it's been beautiful to see mm-hmm. oh wow amazing and like how bright like how courageous man you know and, and seeing that in you as well this huge like stepping into your purpose and all the people that you help with your work. Manda's an incredible kinesiologist. Um, yeah, who's one of the best practitioners I've worked with. Oh, thank you. That was that was lovely, but I'm just going to name that. I was also on another. I was like, what am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to listen back to so good. <laughs> Very good catch. Um, I think probably one, uh, I have loads of recent ones. I think probably the most significant growth I've seen in Neil that has uh, like directly impacted our relationship was and it was actually post reading we both read Brene Brown's books I can't remember which ones because the names are all so similar they mess me up but um admitting that what he's bringing is a story I think for so long um you needed to absolutely cling to to your, your, mm. your story, which was your reality, which is very real. It's your chemicals in your body. It's your experience it is real for you. But it, what it did was like, because it was so intense and it was so tightly wound that there was no space for anything else or any other version or mm. me or my space or the relationship or the reality that actually happened, you know, um, and the biggest growth, which I think was so brave of you to actually like soften the grip on I suppose at the moment which was like probably felt like your only lifeline to actually soften that and trust that even if I let go of this intensity I'll still be okay and that Mm. looked like bringing that no longer as like no you did this and this is what happened to hey I have a story and I need some space Mm. what my mind is telling me is that when you're late you're disrespecting me or you don't care about me or whatever it is Mm. and then actually and not just saying it in the words, but actually healing himself in it, trusting that like, oh, 
maybe, maybe let's go with what if this is only a story? What if this is not the actual reality? And she doesn't disrespect me. And, and that actually just softens. And that's where we get wiggle room and a bit of perspective. And that, I think, has been one of your biggest growths. Mm. You seem happy with that. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Mm. And how does it feel to hear this from each other? Uh, this this piece that you shared around me stepping up in business is significant because I feel it. I think Neil is incredible at giving compliments and affirmations, and um, but the difference is I can feel the ones that actually. Like, so in this instance, what you're talking about is when I step up in business, what you're actually feeling is a team player and you get that breath of relief. Mm. Am I right? So it's different to you just saying, oh, God, you look really nice today because you don't really care if I look nice or if I look awful. It doesn't affect you. Whereas if you've got financial pressure and I step up and now we're team players, when you see that, it actually like it makes me so happy because I feel like you're I'm playing a role in your happiness now and I'm playing a role in your safety and mm. um yeah for me energetically or animal body wise that one feels but you can compliment how i look all day but it's kind of neither here nor there mm. whereas that one feels really cellular mm. Mm. for me it's just been really nice having this chat in general because it's so nice to like look back and actually talk about our relationship and because it's like kind of just take as we are as the present as like baseline and often we look forward more than we look back so yeah it's kind of reflecting it's really nice and yeah i just always feel so seen by mandy and mm. yeah what she reflected is like to that but yeah it's just the permission she gives me is just like it feels like a bottomless pit i haven't met anyone else that can do like that i think mads you have like huge capacity for that too um but yeah, for me to receive that is is so nice because it just means I don't have to have all my stories together, which I really needed for safety in the past. Um, and to be able to just release the pressure on them or for them not to be as enmeshed with me or my reality is just like, oh, so so healthy for all of us, like for, for me and Mandy. Um, so yeah, and I always enjoy hearing someone reflect nice things about me. I'm always, I'm always very open to it. So I just sit back like a, like a cat purr and just like... Mm. Neil is literally the best person I've ever met at receiving. And it's beautiful to witness. It's something that I think is kind of shamed, particularly maybe here in Ireland. You know, you're, you're not meant to... It's it maybe gloating or too big for your boots. But Neil is just so good at receiving. And he's been honest when he says, you know, if he could sit there all day and hear... Here you speak beautiful words about it. <laughs> well, once you rub me as well, it's all about the physical touch. Yeah. But what's what's your love language, Mads? So I think it actually depends. I think all of them are quite important to me. Um, but I notice it just, yeah, as a example, physical touch, you know, I'm a very tactile person. Like that's super important. Acts of service, I think, is so gorgeous. When someone says they've done something for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so pure. Um, but then words of affirmation, how we feel seen. So like, it's just, it feels like a real mix. I don't think there's one where I'm like, um, it's this. What I did notice is that like learning that often our love language are the things that we didn't get when we were younger and like reflecting on that and being like, oh, wow, this is why this is so important. Like for me, um, I'm not a big gifts person, but when someone gets me something and they're like, oh, I really thought of you and I saw you, or you said you wanted this and it's this. It's like, wow, you thought of me. Mm. So I think 
the intention behind all the languages feels so special because perhaps I didn't feel so much attunement when I was younger. So the attunement behind whatever that whatever the love language is feels like it hits hits me quite hard. Yeah. Mm. And so interesting you mentioned that just like a, a different perspective on your love language being around what you what you what did you say it around what you didn't get? Um, yeah. because Neil would have been r- literally raised on physical touch like his mom and his sister they're just so cuddly and hugs and all that and physical touch is definitely up there with you um not so much with yourself it took uh, it took a while <laughs> to break her into the physical touch but now she's all about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like breaking in a horse <laughs> kind of feel just keep whipping her till she yeah. It's a very yeah, a very functional relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and and how about you both? Have your love languages interacted with each other? Not very fluidly. Like that. Like Neil needed a lot of physical touch, which is just so foreign to me. It still feels foreign to me. Um, like even just like sitting here you put your hand on my leg and like so when we drive he puts his hand on my leg but if I'm driving and the the, the box in the middle it feels really uncomfortable for me because I've nowhere to put my left elbow and I'm like I actually I'm like why is he doing this like, it's so annoying and I actually stopped one day and I said I said hey like do you need to put your hand there like what is that and he's like ah I really just want you to do it to me I'm like great I love that I move your hand I can glue my hand to your leg but I do need the reminder and I think I think in terms of love languages I that's something that I want to prioritize for him that he doesn't have to remind me to touch him it's like reminding someone to buy you a gift it kind of takes the point out of it you know so I really want to make him feel desired and pleasured or loved not by him going, hey, I'd love some physical touch, but by, by me going, Neil loves physical touch and it doesn't come natural to me too. So when can I get that in, you know? Mm. And then the opposite for me is like, I'm quality time. I'm like, put your fucking phone away and stare me in the eye with a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like Neil's really good at prioritizing that, even though like you do enjoy it, but I don't think it, I don't think you it doesn't nourish me as much as it does you but yeah, but yeah I enjoy that you get such nourishment or care from it that it like yeah. that gives me enough energy to want to do it yeah. uh. but I think the main part is not that it was particularly clunky but it definitely took each of us identifying it communicating it and then having the other person prioritize it like knowing how important it is mm. yeah this feels like such a, a helpful reflection um on you know when we're reflecting on like how you felt such an ease with each other and then as things deepen it's like there's a clankiness of like ah are we getting up like our needs met what are our love languages they're a bit different and what I'm hearing I feel like is like um how you can both love each other in the way that you need mm-hmm. and and what that requires from you both if that's different to what you're used to and actually uh, what I'm really valuing about our relationship is the longer we stay together the more fun we have mm-hmm. and the more playful mm-hmm. it is as I, I think that's like the most precious part to it because I kind of would have seen like couples, the longer they get together, the more kind of concrete and like structured they get. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like ours is the longer we're together, the more we put down the walls and like just allow for a bit more play and a bit more just mm-hmm. for it. Cause like most things are so irrelevant that happen day to day, like they've no purpose or like, like not much meaning in the long term. So 
just to be able to like play and have fun like we often dance in the mornings and uh yeah like mm. <laughs> we play a game where like if i know mandy's walking somewhere in the room i'll just run to try and get in front of her like we do all this like really someone was looking and they're like they're so fucking odd but i was like we really enjoy it so we like or, or if i look at her and then she looks at me i have to look away and we do all these like really mm. like childish games that are just so much fun to have it's like just playing a few of those games each day just like is like such a, a healthy perspective mm-hmm. on that because it can be so easy to get caught up with the finances or other stuff it's like they'll, they'll all take care of themselves um, yeah. yeah the importance of the lightness because I feel like you, you're doing so much and like your healing and your growth and your focus that mm-hmm. you get to bring in this lightness and like play and joy that doesn't always have to be doing the work mm. Yeah, because I think people have, I've heard it from a few people close to me that like, if you do a lot of self-development work, you just get very heavy and serious. And I feel like with, with you and the girls in Bali, it's like we, we have so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, but we still talk about the real stuff that's coming up and present and intense. And it's like, it's beautiful to be in that space with other people where you can just like get heavy. And then like two minutes later, it can just flow to be in life. It's just like, that kind of feels like how this experience of life should be just permission of permission of all of it but permission of all of it means that I don't get stuck on repeating the heavy and then it comes into every other aspect it's just like let it come address it let it go and have fun and it was interesting actually as I speak and, and I called I, I often refer to like women as girls it's particularly like you five women from England that I'm very fond of and um, yeah does that bother you um because i know we, we myself and mandy spoke about this and i suppose there's mm. more a lot more female oppression than there is male oppression and we had a few conversations about it and if mandy calls me you going out with the boys or whatever it doesn't bother me as like and i call it that but girls there sometimes can be a heavier weight to it Mm-mm-mm. um well yeah i'm so hearing the piece around like uh yeah female oppression and the language used around yeah g- gender um but I feel like actually when you use the word girls, I feel like it's in a really loving way. Mm. Um, I feel like it's a really, you know, because you're, like, right, you're like my brother. So I just feel like it's in this really loving, um, sweet way. And I don't feel, because of our dynamic, feel so um, transparent, easy. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel the wounds of being a woman in society and in, in, in patriarchy in my relationship with you as a man. So when you use that language, it lands differently in my body than it would if some random guy called me a girl. And I was thinking, no. Yeah, mm. so it's, I guess it's situational. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that. This is something I've been thinking of because I like using it and I feel like I use it with a nice light energy. But yeah, I get when I was growing up, my mom had one partner when we were a teenager and my sister Alma was pretty volatile at that time. Um and like when they would have a fight, he would call her, oh, good girl. And it would just like, and it was really in not a nice way, but it would like really make her get very angry. So mm-hmm. I was just mindful of how it's used, I suppose. Mm. What, do you look yeah. what do you think? Mm-hmm. What's going on over there? I I'm thinking, I don't know if we have time to go into this piece, but would I be right in saying for you that it's nice to hear that reflection from Mads because you are aware <laughs> both through society and from me that it like the 
I suppose I feel like a lot of the female oppression or the, the gender biases or inequality is sustained by people not educating themselves around this. And I feel like it, I feel like it's my job to educate me and I also feel like it's your job to educate yourself and that when I don't see that happen in you that I bring it to you and I wonder if you feel like it's a blame piece because like what Matt said when you use it it doesn't feel like that and when you use it you know that you're doing it in a loving way and so then it, it sounds like there's this conflict because you're like well the girl the girls and mads enjoy the way you say girls with love and you're saying it with love but then i'm bringing it with hey some of these terms are holding women in an old dynamic mm. and then i'm wondering is it part that you're feeling blamed well i just know you brought it to me and we spoke about it a few times over the last few months when i noticed myself saying that word ah. i'm like let me just check in here and just see yeah is it okay because I like using that word. I don't want mm. that word to be restricted from my vocabulary. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what a beautiful way to use it, knowing knowing like the, the, the power it holds from both sides, like that you can do it in, in this loving way, mm. but being so aware of, like you said, that, that, that partner, that ex-partner of your mom's who used it to absolutely like emotionally or verbally abuse abuse uh, someone mm -hmm. you know like knowing that that word can also be used in such a, a derogatory way mm -hmm. yeah mm. Oh. I really enjoyed that that level of reflection and care with language you know and checking in and this is I guess even here and now in this conversation uh, I really appreciate the depths of which you go with each other and and like really making sure you're attuned and you're understood um, in these processes that come up. And before we close, I would love to ask you two more questions. How does this feel? Okay. Um, don't say anything so the listeners won't know whether we're giving permission. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that is keeping you hostage in a in a black room in Ireland. <laughs> so, what advice would you give uh, to couples building a long term relationship? You know, hearing like the pieces that you've learned, how you move with conflict, how you hold each other to the highest, how you don't collude with your, each other's behaviors. Like, is there advice that you would give to your younger selves when you started out the relationship, or you would give to other couples, perhaps? earlier on because even you know when we joke at the beginning around the commitment piece what I'm hearing is that when you were first married you're in this like joy and love and oh my gosh this, you have we don't drop into the authentic love just yet you know it's like almost like maybe the honeymoon phase and everything's good but actually you've moved through that and moved through the power dynamics that can come up and now you're on in the kind of like authentic love where you like where you can be honest and call each other up on 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 things that aren't okay. So this, yeah, any advice you have for couples that are moving phases, maybe perhaps from the first couple of years into navigating deeper commitment. Mm. Mm. Oh, can I go? Yeah, go for it. Um, I think I would have two. I'm not going to name them because there'll be a few of them. <laughs> Some kind of like a bundle piece is it like it is your responsibility to know who you are as an individual mm -hmm. and 
knowing yourself, your self-identity, what's important to you, your boundaries, knowing that you're going to break them, knowing that you're going to mess it all up and being like self-compassionate with yourself in that, knowing what you need and being able to ask for that, knowing that it may not come to fruition. You know, that was like, I would not ask for things because I would feel that Neil wouldn't want to give them or he wouldn't be able to give them or whatever. So I just wouldn't ask. And I was disrespecting myself. So getting so au fait with who you are, what you need, what you look like, how you respond. And maybe that means scheduling a day or a week, you know, I mean, consistently an hour for yourself, a day for yourself, a way, maybe booking a night away once a month so that you get to know who you are at this age, because like we're hopefully constantly evolving and growing. So who are you now compared to last year? Hmm. Um, and then bringing that into the relationship or bringing that into the dynamic, being responsible for your pieces in, in, in the dynamic, but responsible with self-compassion. You don't have to do it with the weapon on your back. Mm-hmm. And lowering the walls. I think the healing is always in the lowering the walls, even when it feels uncomfortable, even when it doesn't go to plan, even when it's an absolute shit show. No healing happens when we're going in with a blame or a, a fix it or looking for something from the other person to to make me feel better mm-hmm. and so lowering the walls and and I think you can only do this with someone else when you do it with yourself first being like hey I'm feeling really unsteady in this and I don't know how to communicate it or mm-hmm. my, my my biggest piece just most recently was I'm really angry and I need you to love me most when I'm angry I need to feel like you can melt me with my anger and sometimes he can't and that's not his job but it is my job to know that that is what I need and to communicate it mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of like so the individual piece and then bringing it into the relationship and then I also think that like if TV two years go by and no effort is being made to prioritize your desires or um to support you in this through the dynamic well then you've got a really clear answer that your like your needs are not being nourished here so that can be a real clarity for people mm. wow thank you so much wisdom in that so much wisdom thank you man i was like how do i top that oh. <laughs> <laughs> really at the beginning man was the wise one <laughs> exactly see pressure off now i can now i can just ramble on for two minutes and hopefully people won't remember it and they'll just remember that piece so now, now that i have full permission um yeah I, t- I think with relationships in general i feel like our souls are possibly like given just a number of intimate connections that we get in a lifetime i feel like how to get to those connections best is to just keep trusting and giving myself permission to just be authentic so to just like whatever thought or feeling i have just to keep verbalizing them to the people around me and then from that they'll either come closer or they'll go further apart but just like that's me doing my best service to myself and to other people to just like keep naming it i feel feel nervous i'm sweating whatever like whatever it might be it just like that continuous permission gives the other person permission to melt into you if that's what's right um so yeah i think that's that's mine oh thank you and yeah just feeling yeah how your words land in my nervous system that permission and how that creates safety Mm -hmm. yeah big pieces thank you 
And yeah, I'd love to finish up on at one point you said, you know, you often vision about the future rather than reflect on the past as much. And we spent much of today, you know, really reflecting on where you've come from and what you've learned through each other, through your relationship. And I'd also love to hear about your future vision. I would love to know what you're dreaming into individually and as a couple and in this highest version of yourselves that you're creating together. Mm. I think from, from where we started this conversation, I was just like, it would be a privilege if I get to spend another 100 months being very close to this beautiful soul. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Mm, it would. Um, yeah, we hopefully will have kids soon. Like, it's like maybe in the next year to two years. It's like that's, I'm very excited for that chapter. Because I feel like mm-hmm. I put a lot of time and effort into what's my purpose and what value can I put out. Whereas I feel like raising kids is just like, possibly will be more important than that other stuff will ever be um or maybe they just work in tandem um but yeah just excited to yeah hopefully create a family at some point soon and uh, i think that will be a beautiful chapter and i knew straight away when i got into a relationship with mandy's like that's a woman that i would love to raise my kids mm. um i think that nurturing element to her has always been very strong and it's always been something that i've been really attracted to um so yeah just I think I feel like we're having the more permission we give to ourselves, the more like abundance that we do receive in every shape and form. So I just see us having a beautiful life and just we've like keep deepening our skills to deal with the challenges that come up within that and just keep having fun. Because uh, I think like yeah, after a certain level of intensity or pressure, just to say fuck it and laugh is just like beautiful medicine. Um, so yeah, mm. I want more, I want more laughter and play than. Yeah, sometimes I've had in the past. What are you thinking? Yeah, so for the future, it's interesting you say that because I think we used to spend so much time envisioning the future and I felt like... Mm. That we'd have all our shit together at age 25 <laughs> and then 30 and all that nonsense. Oh my God. But now I, it's when you just ask that question, Matt, I'm like, oh, have we even thought about the future? But then when you mention kids, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I think um, like on a, as an individual and personally, I really feel like my next stage is mastering uh, business and motherhood in a feminine flow. And I, I say that knowing or... I say that feeling like I'm stepping into it and never having seen it modeled. Um, I'm not saying it's not done. I absolutely know and trust it is. I just, it's not been what I would have experienced. And so I really want to just sink into that and trust that, just that process. Um, and honestly, in a relation, in terms of relationship, and that's similarly in terms of parenthood, again, we have such a beautiful sense of ease and peace to our day, not because things don't go wrong and not because we don't have conflict, but because we trust our skills in it and learning to merge that into parenthood with the sleepless nights and the panic and the fear and all of that and and learning to be in that with this ease. I think that's what I would love. How is that, if you don't mind if I interrupt, because I know you've been thinking a bit about oh, now that we have peace and ease in our life, how would it be if we introduced a kid? I know Mandy's been speaking, like thinking a lot about that recently. So uh. there is, yeah. So I noticed a bit of like almost um, anxiety around that being like, oh, we've got so much ease now. If we have kids, it's going to ruin all that. And then, so I just, I like, I, I did a lot of seat, sitting with that. I, I had some healing sessions around it and just, 
you know, a mixture of surrender and trust. Um, also reflecting on, on how far we've come and how many skills we do have and mm. knowing that if and when it goes belly up that we can name that and outsource or ask for help or, you know, just trusting that we will have needs that I can't foresee right now and that's okay. Mm. And when we have them, we can name them, identify them and, and meet them. Mm. There's nothing more I can do. Um, and, and then just with the other piece, I just, I'm loving at the moment, I just love waking up beside Neil and going to bed with him every mm. night, even though we've always done that. It is just bringing me so much bloody joy. I just want to bask in that wow. while it's there. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> I am, am not I? Yeah, you're very cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm so so grateful for today I so appreciate your time and your vulnerability like I just feel like you've been so authentic and true to yourselves and really opened up uh like the, yeah the truth of relationships that I feel like we don't we show enough um and we don't learn enough about growing up so I so I'm so grateful for this. And I would love to check in around where people can find you because I know that you're incredible practitioners and you have Instagrams. So I'm gonna put that all in the show notes. But is there any offers or anything that you'd like to share? How we, how people can learn from you? That's so interesting you say that because even though it's not in my business model, I do see us doing some form of couples work in the future. Mm. I think mm. it's kind it's one of those things that feels inevitable, but um nothing hasn't happened so far no but no exactly so just we do work on the individual basis so more prioritizing that individual piece like getting to know who you are a self-identity piece coping skills i work with that through through the body uh, and neil works with men particularly then through um through coaching Hmm. yeah i don't have a big social media presence it just hasn't been something that i've engaged when i spoke to you a few weeks ago about him as just a bit of allergic to it but I have profiles there. So if, uh, yeah, I, I do embodied work with men. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone leaves me a message, I'll always respond to it. I just don't post or aren't active on it. Um, yeah. I love how you honor your own boundaries around social media and what's right for you. Hmm. Maybe I'll like it in the future, but at the moment I am loving not having posted anything for over a year. It's just like, oh yeah, just don't, don't, yeah. Hasn't been, hasn't came. Good for mm. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing okay thank you so so much mm. and i will speak to you soon yeah thank, thanks so much for today mads thank you for joining me and co-creating this community together i am so grateful you are here